Before TikTok, Spotify, YouTube, and even MySpace, there was really only one way for musicians to broadcast their craft to an audience larger than whatever bar or laundromat they happened to be performing in. And that was to cut a single and get it played on the radio. This raises the question, how do radio stations decide which songs to play? The answer is too complex to get into complete detail, but there are a few obvious methods. Stations look at what is popular on the billboard charts, they survey listeners, and of course, they take promotional material from bigwig record labels who've got money to throw around. Trouble with these methods is they'll never give a station the edge over any other radio station. If Sun Records dropped off the new Elvis Presley single for one station, then you can bet they did the same for every other station they're competing with. So, to stay ahead in the radio biz, enterprising music directors and DJs turn to a regular music industry publication, Friday Morning Quarterback, to get the insights of American DJ, wrestling TV commentator, and philanthropist Cal Rudman. It may seem ridiculous to suggest that one man could have so much sway over popular music in America, but if you've ever heard of Devo, the surreal, energy dome-wearing new wave band, then you have Rudman to thank. After a disappointing second studio album, Devo was looking to come back with the same wild energy that had made their first album a success. The first single, off their third studio album, didn't get much traction in the charts, and the record label wasn't too confident about their second single taking off due to its unusual rhythm and odd lyrics. The record label was right, the single didn't do much for the band, and the album's release was met with little acclaim. Despite this apparent failure, Devo set out on tour, booking what small venues they could. Unbeknownst to the band, Rudman was rallying for their quirky single in the southeastern part of the states. Rudman had taken a liking to the group's work and was promoting it heavily through his station and publication. From the southeastern states to the entire country and then the world at large, Rudman single-handedly changed the fate of Devo and their tour. Within a week of Rudman's campaigning, Devo's popularity grew so rapidly that they were forced to put their tour on hold so they could book larger venues to accommodate their rapidly growing fan base. What is this song that moved the mind of one of the most influential American disc jockeys? Well, it's a weird, electronic-focused piece with lyrics that are either meant to satirize American optimism or serve as pep talk for former President Jimmy Carter, depending on whether you ask Jerry Casale or Mark Mothersbaugh. Either way, it's a cracking good song. Well, that's right, we're talking about Devo's Whip It on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one broke your mama's back. I'm your host as always, The Snake, joined by my creamy co-host. Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger, what's going on? Ah, good things. Good things are going on. Oh, good um, things. Good things, yes. Things are going, I mean, I, I, saw, I saw some live music this week. Live so, music. Feeling good about that. That was a cool thing. Um, any covers? Any covers to report? I uh, didn't, not that I noticed, no. Did anybody shout for the bands to play Freebird? Mm, no, we're still kind of getting back into it, you know. So even right. the the band that was playing said, "Like this is our first show in two years." Okay. So did they point out a guy in the audience and say, "You bring him here"? I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And then they poured a beer on his head. Did that happen? I left a bit early, so okay. it's possible. But it was like very chill music, so I feel like they wouldn't do. Did you leave because they were pointing at you? <laughs> Yeah, I was scared they'd uh, they'd pour a beer on my head, and I said that Look, is too go. much. No, I left because it was a it was a week night, and I had to get up to work the next morning. Mm, school night. Yeah, school night. 
Well, that's excellent, Alex. Love a bit of live music. Uh, did you like the bands? Or did you just like seeing live music? I honestly don't know. But you can't I did, parse the two. I did enjoy myself. Yeah. That's good. That's excellent, Alex. I'm glad to hear that. Um, tell me this, though. What's life like living with a theremin? Um, it's, it's not so different, but this week is just like me trying to tell as many people as I possibly can. So I'm like, <laughs> hey, I made this thing. It's very cool, and I want you to know. Um, got some knobs. Got some knobs. Got some knobs, uh, courtesy of, of, uh, of Will, friend of the podcast and, and roommate. Hey, if you want some knobs made, contact Will. He makes knobs, yeah. They Freelance like knobber. The the knob part, and then also made some some metal like inserts for symbols, so like the that that indicate what the knobs are for. Mm-hmm. Like there's a little little vo- like loudspeaker symbol for for volume and like a sunburst for for brightness and stuff like that. Yeah, looks pretty fucking slick. Yeah. That's what's been going on with me. What's been going on with you? I just live in the dream in rainy Vancouver. Nice and rainy. Wait, That's nice. Nice and rainy. You snow. know, wake up, go to work. I guess it's snow out there. That's yeah. not surprising. No, it's not. <laughs> Gotta love Calgary snow. Was it, did it stick around a long time or is it gone? No, it's all gone. We're good now. It's all gone. Well, that's fantastic, Alex. I'll tell you what, not a lot of news on my end, but there is cover me news. Cover me news. Um, Alex, we got uh, our first episode suggestion from a stranger. Oh. Getting episode suggestion. Now. Yeah, two interactions in the course of like as many weeks. Okay. Maybe maybe a lot more weeks. I don't know. I can't remember when <laughs> the other person. thing happened. No, a different person. Oh, okay. Two different people, Alex. All right. Um, and I'll tell you. I won't tell the audience here, so we'll bleep this out. But uh, the the request is. I that I'm sure that'd be a good one. Yeah, sounds good to me, man. Um, we're gonna make it so. Yeah, I think. I I I would want to. Also, you fucking would want to. Um, that's what's new in Cover Me News. Alex, today we're talking about a hit song from the year 1980, a song I've known since I was a baby, probably very young. I think this was on the first CD I burned. <laughs> I used to listen to this a lot. Um, Whip It by Devo. Alex. Whip it by Devo. Devo. Short for Devolution. Yeah, I didn't know that. Me, me neither. I don't know what I thought. It, it's a band I've always known the name of, but yeah. almost never known... Like their actual music, obviously. I yeah, sometimes song. considered a one-hit wonder because yeah. uh, just this song being so widely popular. But like they had, I, I only know their music from like Rock Band. Pretty yeah, much. that checks out. I've heard it in other places, and this song was a weird one because before I'd ever heard it, I had heard people sing it or or reference it. Right. And say say like whip it, whip it in good shape. or whatever. Sometimes and, you know the other words, but mostly just Get it whip straight. it. Go forward. And Move just, like, ahead, didn't yeah. know the song for a long time, but knew some of the words. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's just a song that has existed and will forever exist. So bizarre, so strange. Only made it into the popular conscience because one guy said, hey, I like this, and I happen to be an influential radio DJ. Yeah, that second part definitely helped. Yeah. Whoa. But, like, um, I mean, and they're an mm-hmm. interesting group. 
They not, are insane. For like several reasons. Obviously, there's like Mark Mothersbaugh, who does a lot of soundtrack work. Yeah. Um, to, yeah they're of comprised music. of two sets of brothers. Yeah. The original lineup, anyhow. It's the Casales and the, the Mothersbaugh's. Mother's um, ball. Mother's ball. And this one is, this is a crazy one. Their whole thing is crazy. So I want to point out that afterwards, and I didn't include, so there's a, there's a group called Devo 2.0. Okay. Which, which is a, a Walt Disney Records band that was put, so it's like teenagers. It was meant to emulate the success of Swedish pop group, the 18s. And Jerry Casale, it is Jerry, right? Yeah, Jerry Casale of of Devo was put on. He's like he decided to manage the band Devo 2.0 because of the him and his band's firm belief in the devolution of humanity. He was like, yeah, it only makes sense that Devo would eventually get you know recycled into this worse trash version. So he was like, yeah, I'll take that on. <laughs> Turn my previous career into a new garbage product. That's such a strange thing. Be like, yeah, that checks out philosophically. All right, let's fuck this up. Yeah, to like, be like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was inevitable. Shit. We weren't. We're just saying it was happening. Not that it like, not trying to stop it necessarily. Or yeah, exactly. It. It's so um, yeah, just to to be like, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna do that. Fuck it gonna happen if i don't do it somebody else is gonna do it so it might as well be me Uh, we've i've heard that was a big part of why the recent matrix uh fourth matrix movie got made oh Uh, that makes sense too yeah but i haven't seen that movie yet so nor have i i was gonna watch all the trilogy but uh only the second two are on netflix and i don't feel like paying money i mean i have the matrix on umd for the playstation watch it on your psp yeah <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the best option, but I mean, I'll do it if I have to. So this is Whip It. What else did I have to say about these guys? The Energy Domes. Let's talk about the Energy Domes, Alex. Yeah, well, I guess I guess you got to talk about the Energy Domes. You got to talk about the Energy Domes. AKA so they didn't always Devo wear. Hats. Yeah, the Devo hats, the Energy Domes, the ziggurats that they they place upon their domes. Um, a quote from Mother's Boy he says, "We designed them, Jerry and I. That's Jerry Casale. We were influenced both by German Bauhaus movement." In geometric fashion and Aztec temples. We just liked the look. It looked good and it didn't look like any other bands out there. We weren't interested in wearing groovy hats or groovy clothing. We kind of looked like Lego toys or something by the time we got those on our heads. That was a positive thing. So they make these weird hats. And then there is a weird... So they're meant to like redirect energy that escapes your head back into your body. And they have directions printed for how to wear the hats properly. You're supposed to have like a liner on the inside or something that pushes the dome up a bit so it's not directly in contact with your head. Hmm. Otherwise, it won't redirect energy. So this is, again, they're doing this like kind of tongue-in-cheek, but also it has the same vibe as Casale being like, yeah, I'll manage this (laughs) fucking garbage band. Yeah, we'll we'll put out some, like, ridiculous information, because we know people are are just, like, gonna believe it or something. Or, yeah, yeah, there's definitely, like, some irony and, like, sarcasm going on, but they, like, really run with it. Yeah, they really do, and so they they are very much, like, we'll run with it, guys, because this song... Apparently, people thought it was about masturbation or, like, uh, sadomasochism, you know, mm-hmm. a little BDSM scene. And they were just like, hey, that's going to sell fucking singles, sure. We'll, do, like, we'll, <laughs> we'll let people go along with it. They later come out and, and say that, 
oh, it's about like satirizing American optimism or in Mother Ba's eyes, it was pep talk for Jimmy Carter, who was up against, I think, Reagan. Yeah, it was Ronald Reagan. Yeah. In 1980. So, yeah, for his for for Carter's potential second term, which, as we know now, didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah. Because he he failed to whip it into shape. Yeah. Which it's yeah, it's so weird to be like, yeah, we were satirizing it, but also like it was kind of a pep talk. So like and like that I guess kind of makes sense because like it's it's I mean it's the president of the United States of America, right? Like that is such an embodiment of like the idea of the United States, the president. And then they're using mm-hmm. this like ironic version of like this you can do it pep talk to not only be like yeah you can do it buddy but also legitimately say yeah you can do it buddy it's yeah it's yeah it is like and to be like yeah we're some band from akron ohio and we're gonna encourage the president (laughs) it's insane right and to encourage him with what is like bizarre weird empty platitudes that don't really mean anything like the song is like a collection of one phrase that you could just plaster on motivational posters, right? You got you got the cat hanging on instead of saying hang in there, it just says whip it. <laughs> yeah. The shot Let's of the talk tail about these lyrics. Something about whipped cream. Shot, yeah, put whipped cream in. Yeah, we get also the uh the predecessor to the like the drop it like it's hot kind of song, where it's different scenarios in which you must whip it. Or different scenarios in which you must drop it like it's hot. Yeah, just like arbitrarily. Yeah. Um, so here's the lyrics. Let's let's get into these. Crack that whip. Give the past a slip. Step on a crack. Break your mama's back. So here we're introduced to the concept of whips. <laughs> yeah. Whips are gonna come up a lot in this song. Um yeah, I. What, yeah, how do we even analyze this, Alex? This is. I, I, I was struggling coming into this, and I'm struggling now. I mean, I, I guess we'll say like on the surface, yeah, it definitely has that like kind of emptiness, like saying like, "Don't worry about what happened before," but then like step on a crack, break your mama's back, like what the fuck? Is that positive? Yeah, is that positive? Is that just like some weird superstition element? That seems to just, just to like, be. I mean, they've already kind of decided, like, oh, we're going to talk about whipping things in different ways. But this one's actually like, oh, we're actually cracking things in different ways, like different right. kinds of cracks. Crack that whip, step on a crack. Yeah, so it's like break your mom's back. I don't know. It just feels like kind of wordplay for its own sake. Right. So you but need to be on like the right of, side like, of the, the crack. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that it is like. It's nonsense. Crack that whip. Step on a crack. It's like nursery rhyme. Sort of like sing song. Here's some words loosely related. Yeah. Like I I struggle to get anything more out of it. There's also like the apparently it was inspired by Gravity's Rainbow, which I have not read. Have you read Gravity's Rainbow? Ah, yes. Thomas Pynchon's Gravity's Rainbow. No, I put it on my, uh, I put it on hold on the library this week because I was like, yeah, I should give that a read. Probably a good move. Because I was thinking about checking it out because of this as well, um, which is a satirical novel that describes humanity's evolution as regressive and perhaps lacking self-awareness, which is like, hey, that's what the band name is, right? That's the 
devolution. Yeah, it seems like a book written for Devo. <laughs> so what's also weird, like I, I was reading another, I don't have the specific quote, but they said like, you know, this is like our popular song. And like, that's cool. Because it's a song that's like, it's not like worse than our other songs. Like it's another song we do. So it's nice that it got popular kind of thing. But like, it almost feels like in a way, just because it's based on around that idea, like, doesn't that make this kind of like their signature song, even not counting its popularity? I don't yeah, know. it seems like it would be a real, hey, what's Devo about? It's like, well, it's this. It's about whip it. Yeah, it's, it's about whipping it. Yeah, then, not about whip it, like huffing, like, you know, nitrous. Too, I think, yeah. Yeah, but, but about whipping it. Um, also never knew the line was give the past to slip. I didn't know what the fuck it was. No, there's a lot of not knowing the words, but kind of like, there's not actually that many different words. I kind of thought I didn't know much of this song, but it turns out I, I did. It's just, yeah, it turns out I knew most of it. Yeah. Um, but what else happens? Uh, another part, I guess, a a verse, um, yeah, comes along. You must whip it. Before the cream sets out too long, you must whip it. When something's going wrong, you must whip it. It's just uh, things you gotta whip. Yeah, things in scenario, and two of them are the same. A problem and when something's wrong are the same scenario. <laughs> the same thing. So yeah, there's like redundancy in this song, and mm-hmm. it's like nonsensical. What does that have to do with like the cream? Like, don't don't let the cream go bad. You gotta turn into whipped cream. Uh, I guess, but also, like, I'm pretty sure whipping cream doesn't make it last longer either. Like, what does it have to do with it being out long? It's just a rhyme. Yeah, like, if you set cream like, out too long, you want to it... whip it before it goes bad, I guess. But yeah, you, like, I still, guess. You don't, like, leave it out after that. Or anything. Yeah, well, according to Genius, he says, society encourages conflict to be answered with immediate violence. The Santa Station is unreviewed because it is unhinged. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's what the... <laughs> Maybe but there may be something about the like the catch-all approach to American society. Yeah, I where it is like. If, sorry, I interrupted. No, sorry. Yeah, where it's like one solution fits all problems. The solution is whipping it, which sure is a violent act, but can be applied to cream as well as other things. Right. It's like if you. It. I mean, the if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, kind of thing. Yeah. Or, or like if you have, if you have a whip, everything looks like cream, something like that. <laughs> um, but also, <laughs> I mean, to an extent to me the idea of whipped cream is a bit of a symbol of of like the like 1950s family unit thing does that make sense Mm. yeah you even get that in the music video it is like a 1950s housewife literally whipping up a big thing of cream yeah so like there's a bit of that there too of like this this idealism of the past kind of thing maybe that would be more like cool whip now i'm probably making that up but like having the whipped cream on your pancakes that the housewife is is whipping up and it's only like a small part of of that image but it it does i think evoke that a little bit yeah i would agree to that there is something yeah yeah, whipped cream just seems american to me yeah which is maybe a weird but i don't know yeah you can you can whip cream anywhere but that's like it's sort of decadent and there's that like decadent sweetness that is like 
kind of very particular to American I guess, desserts. And it's, and it's mostly air, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I guess, yeah, there's technically not a lot of substance to it. Yeah. Um. So that's your first verse. Then we get what's either a chorus or a refrain here. Uh, uh, now whip it into shape. Shape it up. Get it straight. Go forward. Move ahead. Try to detect it. It's not too late to whip it. Whip it good. And this part feels more to me like that straight like pep talk thing mm-hmm. but perhaps with maybe the fact that it's just kind of a bunch of words like not necessarily saying anything just like you can do it but yeah it connects to that idea of give the past a slip as well i suppose go straight go forward move ahead yeah 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 and also like working out <laughs> like whip it into shape shape it up <laughs> Go for it, yeah. Kind of don't, you know, fuck the haters. Yeah. Keep it moving. The one that doesn't, like, even it's not too late makes sense to me. It's like, it's keep going. That's just, that's just another version of go forward, I really. I guess so. It's not necessarily nonsensical at this point. It makes sense. Like, the phrasing all it, makes sense. Yeah, except for try to detect it. Oh, yeah. Try to detect it. Which is a weird way to say it. And I don't necessarily know what they mean. But yeah, I detect mean, what? I get is like, this specifically for Jimmy Carter? It was like Yeah. Try to get in on what what, what Ronald Reagan's scheme is or is like, like whatever it may like be. The problem, because like the whole point here is like there's something going wrong, but like don't give up hope. It's like so when mm-hmm. you're detecting it, you're just like analyzing your surroundings or whatever. And like solve the problem not too late you can whip whatever it is that's in your way like find it and whip it yeah it's like a almost like a hunter ideology which again seems like americanism like yeehaw i'm gonna find it i'm gonna whip it and then it's gonna be good like yeah (laughs) so yeah move ahead try to detect it that does sound like hunting a bit if you're detecting things yeah i guess so yeah like yeah that's a bit of a stretch but I mean, uh, I feel I've been stretching this whole time. I don't know about you. I mean, honestly, did you hear all that nobody's stuff gonna come away from. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a good. <laughs> that was a good first year essay about whipped yeah. cream and and Devo's whip it. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we got to do here because I think, I mean, I already read the two lines that sum up what they were thinking. Otherwise, it just it does sound like a collection of positive, strange platitudes. Yeah. And the de- I mean, that also fits in with, like, the vibe of the band just being kind of, like, a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. I mean, have you seen their hats? I have seen their hats, Alex. Their I know a little domes. bit about them. Energy domes. Maybe we should wear energy domes for, like, a week and see how we feel. See what happens. See if we've... Well, it, looking at the, the Wikipedia page for energy domes, um, there is a description that mentions orgone energy. Oh, yes. Um, which was like kind of a big thing in the 50s. And you can still buy organite, which is like resin with metal in it. Right. Um, but you may recall, and I don't remember who everyone is, but there are, uh, there is an orgone like collector room in, in one part of um, On the Road. Mm. And I, I don't remember. Is it like William S. Burroughs or something? Is that the right that it's supposed to be? Um, no, that can't be right, can it? You thinking of like, uh, ah, shit. I should know who this is. 
Anyway, um, I don't remember who it's supposed to be because I didn't read the the version of the book that has the real names in it. Um, but they like visit his like acreage and sit in his orgone chamber. Um, right. But I think orgone, like orgone energy, is supposed to be like sexual energy. So what I'm saying okay. is, if we wear the hats, we'll just get really horny. Okay, and then also, so you're not only wearing an energy dome, but you might give energy dome. Yeah, you might. <laughs> yeah, you might um, also give it to someone else. This one says, if you wear an energy dome, it recycles the energy. Um, but yeah, you might be able to transfer it. I don't know. I mean, we won't know unless we try. Yeah, we gotta. We might have to order a couple energy domes. Get them. Get them rigged up right. You could probably 3D print an energy dome. Probably. I think it's a pretty simple design. Will's printer's big enough, but. Yeah. Should be possible. Some, something to think about, people. Um, but enough about energy domes. Let's talk about um, whipping it. Whatever. So we come to what, yes. what, what one could construe as verse two, verse yeah. three, maybe. What I would probably <laughs> call verse two, but it's a little ambiguous. It's a little ambiguous. When a good time turns around, you must whip it. You will never live it down unless you whip it. No one gets away until they whip it. That you gotta whip it. did these annotations on Genius really, really thinks this song is, like, about government violence? Yeah. Um, which I didn't really get. Personally. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a like a protest song. I don't feel like we're doing a euphemism here. Though, I mean, it fits in maybe as much as anything else, just as one of the various themes that come up in that, like, oh, we're talking about whipping our problems. So, yes, in a way, we're talking about solving our problems with violence. Yeah, or at least with blunt solutions, or, like, the one thing fits all. It seems to be, to me, to be more about American single-mindedness. Than, like, violence specifically. Than violence specifically, yeah. Which I think violence plays into that, but I like I don't feel like this was that they got together and were like, this is a song about violence. The government right. they've gone too far. We gotta you gotta whip it. Gotta like that doesn't doesn't read to me. Fight fire with but fire. yeah, it's interesting because yeah. it's like the solution to things turning bad is whipping it. And if you don't whip it, you're never gonna live it down. So you, you have to whip it. And not only you, everyone else has to whip yeah. <laughs> we all have to whip to it. all of life's problems. <laughs> This this cult like behavior. So yeah, it is about just like American, like weird cult like ideology towards go getterism. Maybe whipping it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the answer to all of our questions here is yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. It's yeah, a whole maybe. lot of yeah, maybe. If you guys were coming to here hoping to to crack whip it open, I'm sorry. sorry I say whip we, it. We whip can it only good. crack the whip. We can't crack it open. Yeah, listen, we're we're about to give the past a slip because I think we we're running out of lyrics here. Yep. The only other part is I say whip it, whip it good. I say whip it, whip it good. Which I whip it. Let's whip it. Fucking whip it. I guess it's also worth mentioning here, just because it came to my brain. But a lot of ads have used uh, whip it, which again, Devo has been totally and completely behind. Even re-singing some lyrics for I think the Swiffer commercial where it's like you must swiffer and again because they're like well this is always how it's gonna go down it's like to, so for them to see the decay 
of something that I don't think they, they didn't build it to be a co- commercial enterprise as much as they right. are like working musicians, but they take this great joy in watching like mold grow over the bread of what <laughs> their bread. Like yeah, it's, to see. It's, it's, it's such a strange um, <laughs> position to be like, I fucking told you <laughs> this is exactly what I said was going to happen. And you did it. Like I'm you- just sit back and be like, yeah, I was right. Which is, yeah, sounds kind of depressing to me, but I, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to see these dudes delight in it is strange. We <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> Devo, man, they're, they're strange guys, and I like it. Yeah. I also like the name of their first album, Q, Are We Men, A, We Are Devo. That's <laughs> fun, that's fun. That's that, fun. Is a, that is a good name. Uh, that's the lyrics to this, though. After that, we we get a repetition to crack that whip when a problem comes along, and then whip it into shape, shape it up, get it straight, go forward, move ahead, try to detect it. It's not too late to whip it, whip it good. A strange song for strange times. It's really ushering in the, the 80s. This is May 14th, 1980, this came out. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have, like, that, what would become the kind of, like, 80s weirdo thing going on. And obviously, there's some inspiration from, like, earlier... I guess what would be see I want to say krautrock but I don't know the definition that well but I mean there's definitely some of them that makes me think of like craft craftwork craftwork in fact the rhythm of this is called a motoric rhythm um I might be saying that wrong cuz it's of course a german word which is like a 4 4 4 rhythm but it's very specific to krautrock and and german styles of music yeah which underlies just like this whole thing mhm these guys are a real like american version of european trends both in terms of your, like your crowd rock, your synth work, um, and of course, New Wave, which was, I think, bigger in the UK before it ever really, you know, settled in America. Mm-hmm. So yeah, these guys are fucking weirdos. Um, even the creation of the music, which we're about to get into, is weird. Because essentially, Mark Mothersbaugh who seemed to be in charge of the music half. It seems to me Jerry Casale was more in charge of the lyrics, though I imagine there was crossover on both ends. Right. Um, he basically compiled it from four different demo tracks that he had recorded. The music for Whippet, this is a, a quote, uh, was crafted by taking elements from four different demo tapes that Casale had collected. Okay, he collected them. Mothersbaugh composed what became the song's break in his bedroom. The break was originally much slower and had a classical sound. On another tape, Mothersbaugh played what became the main riff with a drum machine. One of Captain Beefheart's drummers created a beat that Mothersbaugh recorded. The last demo was a live recording between Casale and Mothersbaugh. Casale took the four demos and layered them to create a smooth, consistent time signature. Yeah, which is, I mean, kind of a cool thing to be like, hey, we have these four different things. Let's put them all in the same, like, like tempo and just mm-hmm. make them all one song. yeah. And then they also lift that main riff by just chopping off the end of the riff in Roy Orbison's Oh Pretty Woman. Right. Yes. I, re- I like that quote where he's like, oh, it was that, th- you know, the thing you were playing before? He's like, oh, yeah, the thing that's just Pretty Woman with the end cut off. Like, oh, yeah, let's use that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So this, this song is like a Frankenstein experiment of random demos and samples. It's... Like, we talked about Old Town Road a couple of weeks back, and as emblematic as that song is of the modern music-making machine, this Devo's 1980 piece seems in, to in some way be emblematic of the sort of new wave of strange thinking, and like, the future is now, kind of, we're, we're splicing things together, we're using electronic machinery. It seems like a real 
ushering in of the 1980s era of music thought. Yeah, and moving into, yeah, like you said, a more more electronic focus, and even, like, their attitudes towards a lot of this, um, like, just, like, how, like, sarcastic and ironic they are. The kind of things that you do get a lot in, in, um, I guess, New Wave in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even the way they they sing, it's kind of disjointed and and weird. And that yeah, that happens a ton in New Wave. Like like that. Yeah, hilarious. I mean, it, this was a couple years after Talking Heads '77, but like you know, there's some David Byrne. Oh, for sure. Um, similar ideas how David Byrne sings. I'm not gonna. S- I suspect is more a case of them just like having similar influences than. Yeah, David Byrne. I think B-52s is also uh, oh yes, comparable. absolutely. Yeah, and of this the same time. So and I think another American band B-52s. So it was like them and Devo holding down the new wave front in America. Now I had one more thing I wanted to mention on that. Oh, they said um, they compared it to they called it white dudes rapping. Uh, <laughs> Did Devo call it that? Yeah, they said, ah, it's kind of like white boys rapping, so they do a call and response, and while I disagree that it sounds like rap, it does also sound like, Mm -hmm. for 1980s, what white people would understand rap as. (laughs) And also, like, in 1980, like, we talked about old rap, it, like, doesn't sound like rap now. Like, it's very different. Yeah, we're about to talk about some rap this episode that doesn't sound like rap today. But um, But let's talk about this song in the nitty gritty. We've talked about the broad strokes. Um, so it's freaking, it's freaking whip it. You guys ever heard this song? Yeah, you guys would whip it. Um, so the, the, the beat first, that's the like, mm-hmm. motoric or motoric, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of that symbol and then just kind of boom, ta, boom, ta, going between the snare and like the, the bass. So it's like pretty simple. Just kind of yeah, does simple, that for a long time. Energetic right off the bat. And then a, a lot of this song is like different calls and responses. Yes. Um, so like. That's how I feel about like the kind of main riff, which is that half of Pretty Woman followed yeah. by the bah, bah, like descending. So it's ascending on the bass and then descending on like the lead kind of synth sound. And that's kind of your call and response there. And then um, once they come in with the with the lyrics, that's kind of another. I mean, another call and response. That's kind of it like half time compared to that because yeah. they're only singing during the descending synth line. That's uh, right. But then the call and the response are both in that part. So it's like it's like two different call and response parts that are just happening slightly different times. Yeah. And then once they actually get into like the verse, which is after the whatever the intro thing is, um <laughs> it's they kind of then speed that up again and they just do back and forth instead of waiting. yeah and then of course even the guitar is joining in on that call and response with the yeah yeah it is like a whole call and response machine so you got a whole bunch of so they used api mixing consoles on this 3m tape machines mini moog profit 5 synthesizers um there's whip crap crack noises in it that use an electro comp 500 synthesizer a lot of like fucking tech of the time built to make this call and response energy piece. Yeah, I mean, Profit Five in 1980, like, of yeah, course, yeah, that's the time for Profit Five. 
Um, next big change is like the uh, the alternating synth in the what one might call the chorus. Now whip it into shape. And it's just a half step. Two. Yeah. Yeah. It's going between two notes. Um, even the chorus is kind of a call and response too. Mm-hmm. It's lyrics. Bam bum bum. Go forward. It's not necessarily like specifically like the call and response thing. Like definitely like back and forth between two parts where we do part, 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 you know? Yeah, is it like the musical equivalent of whipping us, like whipping our attention kind of back and forth? Back and forth? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm actually surprised that they didn't do more like left and pan right left stuff hard, pan right hard yeah pan left hard pan right hard because you really could just honestly split this song down the middle and then have one half in the left and one half in the right it does feel like that yeah but there's yeah there's just so much of that going on and a shape shape it up those are kind of the big parts because it is very consistent it's a yeah. two two minutes 40 second song um i guess the uh the, what like, might be the refrain section. yeah the the boom down, down, down. Are you talking about a different part? Nope, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, I say whip it. Boom, 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 whip it good. Which is really just, I mean, for, in terms of like recognizable parts of the song, it's probably like, and then whip it, whip it good. Like it's, those kind of your hooks, I guess. Yeah. And so we run through that a couple times. Um, whip it good, man. Whip it real good. And like it's mostly a loop after that. There's kind of an instrumental section to split things in half. Yeah. Where the bass, like, it's a bit different. There's the climbing bass line, but then it also descends. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and then just like a single synth, like no yeah. chord playing. Um and okay, this part was a little bit weird in terms of the timing because I swear once mm-hmm. we get to this section, the actual pattern is repeating every like six beats. Instead, oh, like, you're the, saying the this is a six-four rhythm? Um, I don't know. Like the drums, like the the beat is still the same. I can tell you this, Alex. The instrumental break, according to uh, Wikipedia, reconfigures the riff to a six-four beat for a bit. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I couldn't find anything that said that. I was like Googling it, but I just needed to read further in the Wikipedia page. Okay. Yeah, that's all you need to do. Oh, man. <laughs> I just wrote that down. I was like, yeah, it won't come up. <laughs> and then here we are. So I was like, this doesn't match up. I was like trying to count it out. And I was like, wait a minute. Does the whole song do this? And it doesn't. But it doesn't, no. Else. Yeah, there is like a sort of like keeping the listener off balance is seems to be part of the... <laughs> <laughs> the intent of this song, both that like alternating synth that bah, 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 is unsettling. You get the change in uh, like the rhythm, the six four instead of a four four. You get the the call and response constantly. Like it's constantly a lot of it is back and forth. Yeah, yeah, it's very non traditional. I understand why the record label is like this is never gonna fucking work. What is going on with this song? <laughs> yeah, and yet, I mean, it did. And did and it survives like like people today still know whip it. Yeah, and like I said, like know the song without necessarily knowing the song, you know? Yeah, like, the pop culture it, around it. Without having ever heard it. <laughs> yeah. Huge stuff. Um, and that's kind of the big beats, because at the end we get that instrumental break again that kind of takes us out of the song. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. That's the song. That is the song, isn't the song. it? Feels like it jumps around a lot, but I which makes sense because A, how it's written. There's a lot of back and forth. And yeah. there's like I mean it was literally stitched together from a bunch of different like songs. Or ideas at least. Mm-hmm. So kind of makes sense that it, it is like that. It creates a very interesting feeling when listening to it. And then on top of that, they're like very strange delivery. Uh, yeah. Which is less strange now, but it's still strange. It's still strange for the time, and you still don't hear like... Like, we'll hear versions later today that kind of have their like weird take on it, but it's not... <laughs> it's just not the same. Yeah, it's not this, that's for sure. It's a little... We talked about with Velvet Underground, how people try to do the Velvet Underground, but it's like too palatable now. Like right. it's it's like there's a little too much like music theory behind it or something like it's not put through that avant garde filter so it doesn't hit the same and there's maybe the same thing going on with Devo of like they were just doing their thing and now their thing has become like like we put a, a label thing. on it so someone's like yeah. oh I want to do kind of a new wave thing but they're doing it to do a new wave thing they're not doing it like necessarily as like a direct honest expression not necessarily yeah. that it's dishonest to do things that way mm-hmm. but it's not the same and i mean that's the sort of thing you get like when oh i don't know like a new team of writers takes over a show or something you know like they are not coming from the same place they're coming from a place of trying to be like what it was before which is very different from hey i have this idea and it turns into that thing but if the yeah. thing is where you're starting then you end up at a different place <sighs> Exactly. It is. Those words make it sense? does make sense. Yeah, yeah, it's the difference between, you know, exploring new territory and then going to where somebody else has been and, you know, trying to build on that. It's it can be done, but it, it's maybe more difficult. It's easier yeah. to find something it's a, new. It's a different, it? a different job, but it's a different job. But yeah, it brings you somewhere different, brings you somewhere different. And on that note, we're going to move differently into the music video. So Devo is also known for being into music videos kind of ahead of them taking off. Music videos naturally have a long uh, tradition dating back to like 1890 when a guy set music to a magic lantern. So those ones you like fucking spin and they have yeah. the image, like the image reel in there. Yeah. What are they? Um, uh, starts with a Z, I think. Uh, I maybe. I'll shout it out later. Shout Zoetrope. it. Yes. I don't know if it counts as Zoetrope, but it's that kind of idea. Yeah, it's that kind of idea. So they, they stem back to that time, and we talked about the Beatles and their promo videos. Um, I was looking at the history today because I was going to write an intro kind of based around that concept, but it's so fucking dense. <laughs> like, so there's a big history of people making short films and stuff, but the, the sort of commercialization of it and the real focus of it as something musicians did was around the MTV time. Yeah, which um, started yeah. in, I think, 1980? That's right. So Devo already had a handful of music videos just in the can. They had just made them. And thus, when MTV was starting up, they're like, well, we need material to run on our TV station that runs all fucking day. Devo's like, here, we got a handful. Like, take these off our hands. And one of those was the bizarre and eventually ruled misogynistic for reasons that are pretty obvious. But uh, again, this is, an, this is a Devo situation. So you got to figure out what Devo is doing here. Yeah. Um, Based it on an issue, a 1962 issue of the Dude magazine. 
The Dude Magazine. The Dude Magazine. Look that up because I didn't look up the magazine. I didn't look up the magazine itself, but they talk about the article it was based on. So it was uh, about a former stuntman who marries a stripper and moves to a dude ranch in Arizona. For entertainment, the man would use a whip to remove the clothes from his wife, who would remain unhurt. Mother's boss stated, that's the kind of stuff that fed us creatively. It was just so stupid and so low and yet so great. Yeah, they do seem to kind of revel in the sort of, like, they, it's really like this ironic appreciation idea, you know? They're like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is really dumb. And I love it because of that. It's like, oh, yeah, yes. we do that all the time. But maybe it was a less popular idea in 1980. Exactly. I know it really emerged dudes... in the 90s, but I don't really know. About these yeah, uh, Tivo, maybe just a bit ahead of their time and like loving maybe. decay and like <laughs> and uh, garbage. Yeah. And even like the beginning of the video says Devo in whip tease. Whip tease. Yeah. It's all very like on the nose. You got fucking cowboys drinking Budweiser beers. Well, one of the Devo men comes out to whip a cigarette and then the clothes off of this woman. It's like, it's yeah. all I, like, I get why people are like, oh, my God, like, this is terrible. And it, it is. But it's also is very explicitly done to make fun of the, that being terrible. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's the part of it where like there's literal cowboys in here. We kind of talked about how like there's some idea of satirizing America. Like, yeah, Americana. Cowboys. That's like about as much of an American symbol as you can get. Yeah, you've got a log cabin. You got cowboys with some blonde women. There's a like your 1950s housewife in the house, and then the mysterious cross-eyed woman. Yeah, I don't really know what that's all about. Uh, Yeah, that is beyond me. But yeah, you got the fucking like cowboy backdrop. Um, Worth noting, this was made for fifteen thousand dollars. Um, in the year 1980, another music video we've talked about made in the same year, the most ex- one of the most expensive music videos of all time, Ashes to Ashes by David Bowie, made for, I believe, $582,000 in the same. So that's that's a one-to-one currency ratio of the 15000 to the 580000 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, both equally successful. Yeah, that's uh, kind of the funny part, is I love both of these music videos. Yeah. I mean, I, another thing I like about this video, like, the Devo guys come out, and they're so, like, scrawny. <laughs> yeah. And there's these, like, cowboys in their, like, plaid and hats, and then these, like, skinny guys in their orgone hats. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, with their black, like, tank yeah. tops and, and <laughs> shorts. Yeah, and, like, weird face masks. Yeah, it's, like, it's contrast in many ways. Yeah, it's truly like, meant to be insane. Playing their instruments. Yeah, well, the one Devo man with the safety goggles comes up to to do the whipping. Yeah. So they bring out a woman watches. in full garb. She's got a hat on. She's got, like, a, a shawl. She's got a dress on. And they put a cigarette in her mouth. Yeah, she kind of looks... I don't know if this means anything, but she looks, like, wealthy. Yeah. She's got, like, the long cigarette and, like, hat. And I don't know if that means anything. Yeah, I don't know if that is, but yeah, she definitely doesn't look like a, a poor woman, and she does look distinct from both the cowgirls and the cross-eyed woman. Yeah, yeah. For now, apparently, the, uh, so most of the clothes was taken off using, like, a, I guess there was a Velcro on the whip, so she wasn't actually getting whipped, or there was strings attached or something. It was just the whip, like, grabbing these strings and pulling them, which then pulled off the clothing. Yeah, and you can uh, kind of tell, like... Just the way. Yeah, there's a really obvious one uh, when it's a wider shot. 
and it's him taken off the shawl and it's like okay yeah that just dragged it and and whip it off but the cigarette whip was apparently legitimate <laughs> they actually whipped the cigarette out that's yeah. a close one and very dangerous because very dangerous near the face yeah i guess you could say they whipped it good they whipped it good they whipped it good and they must have a pro on there right cuz it cuts to just a close up of her face and <laughs> true it might not be the devo guys yeah yeah, and this is, yeah, so he just, like, kind of whips, and it, I guess, like, the imagery of everyone, like, watching and drinking Budweiser's and, like, being a cowboy as this woman gets her clothes whipped off, I, like, surely they had something in mind beyond, like, this is just a way to see a woman be stripped somewhat violently, yeah. right? Like, well, they've got to be commenting on something, right? They're satirizing this The Dude article. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, is great, and I'm sure they did a good job of it, but if you're satirizing something that nobody fucking knows, it's like, <laughs> right. it's impossible to delineate from genuine enthusiasm to That's a degree. True. That's true. Satire is very difficult. And, yeah, in that article, I mean, that the dude article sounds like it's a real piece of Americana bullshit, right? Yeah, this guy, he was a stunt man, now he lives as a rancher, and he just fucking whips strippers all day. Yeah, like stunt it's... man to cowboy <laughs> to whipping, literally whipping clothes off, yeah. It's, just, it's some bizarro masculine fever dream, right? So, Which kind of those magazines, I think, kind of were? Not that I remember. Yeah, that's 100% what they were. So while he's whipping the woman, and taking the clothes off, by the end of the film, or the end of the short music video, I was gonna call it a short film, same thing. Music video. He's successfully whipped her down to her lingerie, her underwear. Um, meanwhile, there's like a drama taking place with the cowboys and cowgirls. Uh, a beer gets busted open. Uh, gets foamy and spilled everywhere. The cross-eyed woman in the cabin eventually takes aim and shoots a beer can out of one of the cowboys' hands. Yeah, she's like trying to aim her gun and she's cross-eyed and shows like her not being able to see very well. Yeah, she's, she's seeing double. She's got two guns, one for each of you. And then, like, the cowboy just, like, goes and, like, and grabs her shoulders. Fucks her, I think? And, yeah. And there's, like... Because <laughs> the blonde girl cheers him on. We get weird bits says, of dialogue. Right. On the bottom of the screen. And she, she says, says, ride him, cowboy. Ride him, cowboy. So, it, yeah. Seems sexual to me. Seems sexual. Um, meanwhile, we get the, the mom whipping some whipped cream. It's a lot of whipped cream. Yeah, she has a big, a very big bowl of whipped cream. She shows it off. She, she pulls up like a big fucking ladle full. She's like, check that out. And then, uh, what else? We get another shot of the, the, the cross-eyed woman and the dude. And it, it, again, it looks like they're fucking, she's got her leg up and then he, he jumps back down on her. Yeah. She like pulls him down. He's like holding her foot. Yeah. yeah, and then eventually, it seems like the the official music video here cuts off at the end because it pulls out. Um, the the housewife says, "Oh, that Alan," and then the guy there's we see that it's been on a TV this whole time, so we're pulling back into the real world. And a guy says, "Whip it," and then it ends because we don't. <laughs> it's supposed to say something more, but <laughs> I actually didn't see the very end. Yeah, because you well, you know, the YouTube music video philosophy is throw up ads at the end of it. Which doesn't actually yes, play well with a lot of, yeah. 
That's annoying. Anyway, yeah, another weird video that probably has a lot of imagery for America and... It's, if you read this 1962 issue of the Dude magazine, it's probably a ripping good time. Yeah. You're like, oh, they got him! Very specific <laughs> reference. That said, I think the imagery is is general and, uh, you know, American enough that you, you get you get the picture. Yeah, like they're kind of like, I don't, I don't. I don't have enough words to fill that sentence out. I'm sorry. I started talking without a play. Hey, that's okay. Because we got more words to say about the covers, which we're about to get into, which there are a few. We've spent so much time talking about the original. Let's talk about one more fact about this song. I just saw it at the bottom of my notes here. Um, this song is playable in Donkey Konga for the Nintendo GameCube. It's very important. And now, Big Daddy in 1983. Rag Dad Whip. Give the past a slip. Step on a crack. Break your mama's back. When a problem comes along. You must flip it. Before the cream sets out too long. Big Daddy, 1983. This is a pretty quick version. It's under two minutes. Yeah. Um, we've talked about Big Daddy a couple times. They're sort of like a parody like comedy band um, yeah but they just like do straight covers of songs in like different styles which is always like i, I don't totally get the joke but they do like decent covers honestly it's, it's very confusing because they are in my opinion good musicians yeah <laughs> but they're also like ah eh, i get it I'm like no and i will say this one of all the covers i kind of get you take the high energy song whip it you slow it right down to some some like smooth jazz vibes, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a like a like a doo wop thing. Like yeah, a, not not Let's quite barbershop quartet, but very like vocal focused, and they're doing like yeah, because you get those uh, jazz drums in the back, hand snap rhythm. Yeah, a lot of whistling. Do 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 do. Yes, it's based around kind of that whistle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, so it's like this this laid back kind of doo wop jazz going on. Um, you get a call and response between the soloist and the the backing uh, vocalists. It's <laughs> it sounds good. Yeah, like, and I just like I don't get I don't get the joke. I don't think it's funny, but like it's, it's not a like solid uh, cover. Ha ha, funny. But I it is like uh, performance, and you're like, ah, now they're 50s guys or whatever. And I can imagine if you you kind of wind up the audience first, you're like, time to get things a little high energy. We're gonna really give it to you this. Uh, we're doing a cover of Devo's Whip It, and then you you jump into this, right? It's, dun-na, dun-na. Like it is just the opposite um, expectation of what Whip It is. I think I feel like that is the joke, which is okay. agreed not much of a joke. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they do a little ad-libbing at the end. He says, I'll pay you to whip it. I'd really like you to whip it. Yeah, which kind of, I mean, we talked about how the song seemed to gain some notoriety because people thought whipping it was, like, sexual. Yeah, which, I mean, we talked about the lyrics. We didn't really talk about where people pulled that from. I I, I thought it was just, like, whip it kind of sounds like masturbating. I guess, yeah. And also, like, whipping with a, a literal whip. Yeah. So people that's, just, Yeah, like, that's really all I can get from like, it. Maybe salacious. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, yeah, good talk about that. But yeah, so maybe a bit of this jazz vibe is a little bit of that, like, maybe it's about sex. Is that what you're saying? Um, 
because no, jazz might the be about sex. Mostly. Like just the, the ah, I'll pay you to whip it. it. I'd really like you to whip it. Yeah, that makes sense. It also seems like the very like whip it doesn't make any sense. I'll pay you to whip it. I'd like you to whip it. Like all of this means whatever you want it to mean because it means nothing. <laughs> yeah. That said, mm-hmm. the next version definitely leans heavily into the sexual connotation. Sure fucking does. Yeah. That's Deaf Dames in 1991. Which is, I mean, they're, they're rap duo. They were only yes. around for about five years. Um, and, and half of the duo got replaced in those five years. <laughs> So, like, uh, they weren't, like, huge or anything, but, yeah, kind of, like, early, early popular era for, for rap music, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, this is, and this is interesting, because this one also samples the Daz band, Let It Whip. Yeah, which a little is another, bit. <laughs> a little bit. It's like a brief vocal sample. Um, so, this, this group's comprised of Marilyn Smith, a.k.a. Candy Cane or Touch. And y- Yolanda Sugar or Sugar T, maybe, a.k.a. Specialty or the Ace Senorita. Who, um, she was later replaced by Patrina Walker, a.k.a. Larissa, in the year 1991, but not before this track, because they name drop both of their names on this. Yes. So it is the original duo. Do you remember the Ace Latina? Um, so, also, like, this was early enough mm-hmm. that your, your name could be Candy Cane with Ks, and, like, that hadn't been done before. That's right. This was bold, cutting-edge stuff. Yeah. So we open with like a weird kind of sing-songy. I don't know if it's a sample, if it was just one of the... Because they have like a chorus of dudes on here. I don't know if it was one of the dude chorus guys singing it. It sounds like it might be a, like a clip from a radio show or something. But he says, make you move into and through you. We keep coming back with more and more hits. That's your opening on the song. We get a Spanish countdown in. And then here I have transcribed because you cannot find these lyrics online. Here are the lyrics. Because this is a lot of the music is just instrumentally very similar to the original. Let's let's start by saying that. Yeah. Without further ado, crack that whip if you want to whip it. The deaf dames are back in town and we're going to kick it. Yo, you want to lick it? You want my body, baby? Come and get it. Hey, sweet tea. Yo, whip it good, Candy K. Now whip it good. What, what, what? Working my hips. So get a good grip. Forget about work where the weekend is. Whip it. Your body, baby. Pump it up. Back it up. And up and get a grip and make them sweat come and get it it's not too late just pump it and whip it good i'm the ace senorita since you candy case of something so you can't resist it there's a party going on so come on a whip it pump your body to my song let us see you whip it now now whip it i say whip it whip it good i say whip it whip it real good crack that whip whip it baby whip it your boss is on your back because he caught you slipping and your bills got you down but something something it's all about a good time so come on and whip it hey you stop fronting you want to whip it dancing to my song something fix it we're romancing all night long baby come and get it now bust this we're romancing all night long we're romancing all night long now pump it Uh uh-huh uh-huh get it up 
uh-huh, uh-huh, back it up, uh-huh, uh-huh, get a grip, uh-huh, uh-huh, whip it, whip it, your body, baby, get it up, back it up, and get it straight, get a grip, and go forward, make them sweat, move ahead, come and get it, try to detect it, it's not too late, to, it's not too late to just pump it, pump it, and whip it, <laughs> whip it, whip it good, whip it real good, crack that whip if you want to whip it, the deaf dames are back in town, and we're gonna kick it, let your fingers do the walking instead of dissing, because you really don't know what you've been missing crack that whip whip it baby whip it crack that whip whip it baby whip it crack that whip whip it baby whip it i'll whip yours if you whip mine come on whip me baby we could have a good time i'll whip yours if you whip mine come on whip me baby we could have a good time crack that whip whip it baby whip it whip it baby whip it very nice very nice (laughs) can't let me just Clapping. It took me like 10 minutes to transcribe. It was a pain in the ass. So yeah, this one's about sex, very clearly. Uh, to, yeah. to sort of pull out the key parts, pumping it comes up a lot, romancing all night long, I'll whip yours if yeah, you whip mine. Harder, whipping each other, but not. it doesn't seem to be like BDSM. It's like whipping as like a sudden motion, which is like, yeah, yeah okay. that fits into sexual motion. Yes. I would say... I would say, yeah, like whipping your, you know, not whipping your hair back and forth, but whipping your hips back but and like forth. But like maybe, yeah, talk about yeah, hips, yeah. sweating, gripping, getting. Yeah, we, we open some, up like, with moaning sound effects at one point. Yeah, there's moaning sound effects. She opens pretty quickly with, you want to lick it if you want my body, baby, come and get it. Like, it's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's all there. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the text. That's all there. Black and white clear as crystal. Um, but what else? What else goes on? Like you said, very based around uh, the original. Uh, the rising bass and following synth chords. Yeah, with a sort of fat synth replacing that guitar for the uh, main riff. Yeah, that so bum, yeah, it's bum, different, bum, different bum. parts, but similar stuff. Um, like yeah. in the chorus, they have that uh, same synthesizer, but like it, the decay gets cut off really quick. Yeah. Um, but like it's kind of the same thing. Um, there's a bit that's based on the bridge as well. Uh, so they do do a lot of those different sections, uh, but with kind of their own spin on things. So it ends up feeling a lot different, mostly because there's a ton more lyrics. Yeah, it's which, fi- It's twice the length of the original. Yeah, and like you, you just spoke all the lyrics. Um, Good God, there's a it, lot. Yeah, like they're a bit <laughs> also disjointed, which kind of plays in with the original song as well. Yeah, so we get um, the uh, the Deaf Dames themselves doing a call and response with this big like dude choir. She says, crack right. that whip if you want to whip it. The deaf dames are back in town and we're going to kick it. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of yeah. how it progresses through backups. it. And uh, the style of rapping is like we kind of foreshadowed. It's very like like late 80s, early 90s. That's sort of, I don't even know how to describe it. Style of rapping? Yeah. It's a little less smooth. Yeah, like the f- the flow is very uh, different. It's yeah, more like yeah, I guess that's probably it's just like a different approach. Um, it's more like, I guess like more staccato than like the, some of the smoother flow you get nowadays. Which um is maybe less common. No, like triplet flow in this one. Mm-hmm. It's in it's in the four. Yeah, but that's that's kind of it. They fade out. I wrote that down. Yeah. That um, and this is this is their version, and like it, 
it really runs, yeah, with the like the sexual connotations and um, changes most of the words. So yeah, it's completely different idea. Yeah. So this is the version explicitly about fucking. Um, and then at one point, of course, you get that vocal sample from the Daz band, Let It Whip. We're like, whip it, whip it, baby. Yeah. I listened to that song. Pretty good song. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, this one is an interesting. I really put it on because we never get to talk about hip hop on this show. Because so really, is it covered or does it cover? So I mean, I'll say this: they do make the song their own. Undoubtedly, and the practice of like like rapping over uh, what's essentially a sample. I mean, they they rebuild it from scratch, but it's the same general audio. Yeah, like, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nothing else to say, though. There's no music video. I was surprised by that. No. Oh, no, there, yes, there was. There was there a music video? There is a music video. Shit. Uh, Def Dames, Whip It, Brackets, DJ Gill. I forgot there's a music video. It's mostly them, like, dancing and rapping at the camera. And is it the same it's sometimes cracking song? It's not like a, a remix? It might. It's the same length. Hmm. I didn't notice much difference. It's kind of low quality. Do you want me to send you oh, a link? Yeah, that, no, I got it. I've pulled it up. Um, tell me about it, Alex, because I did not witness it. I don't know where DJ Gill comes in, but someone had to make that beat. Somebody had to make that beat. Yeah, maybe this is just him getting credit. Okay, yeah, you got a guy breakdancing. You got uh, yeah, the, lot the of Def Dames whipping on either side. Yeah, this is... Uh... This is actually what I was expecting, really. It's a lot of, like, <laughs> cutting back and forth to who's singing. Yeah, showing who's singing. There's bits where it shows... Oh, during the sample, I think it shows the... Um, what's the other band that does... The Daz Band? Daz Band. I think it actually shows, like, the Daz Band on, like, a, a CRT um, Okay, yeah, I think I see that. performing yeah. that song. Um, oh, yeah, they a lot do of the like, screams from it, too. Like, um, colored... Uh, fabric in the background that's like being blown by a fan as yeah people, yeah yeah uh, break dance in front of it. It's uh, if anything, I think they've produced a music video for less money than Devo. Yeah, I don't. There's a lot of people there though. You had to pay all those people, so maybe that's true. Not, but it was also 1991, so adjusting for inflation, maybe comparable. Yeah, but yeah. Not a ton to say about the music video, but it, it doesn't. Not a ton to say. Other oh, dancing in front of static. They got other. They get some like, uh, like man on the street shots. They just encounter two strangers and have them say, "I say whip it." They recorded that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. I'm sorry I missed out on it, but I didn't miss out on listening to Moon Unit in 2002. Crack that whip. Moon unit. Not Zappa. Not Zappa's daughter. Did you find anything on this entity? No, it's the name of a few bands for one. Mm -hmm. Um, They only seem to have two songs, and they're both on this same compilation album called God Made Me Hardcore, This Is Hardcore. But honestly, I don't think this is hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be real with you. I don't think this is hardcore. <laughs> Based on what I thought hardcore was, this isn't that. Unless it yeah. like isn't the genre hardcore, it's just the idea of being hardcore, in which being case hardcore? also doesn't seem that. 
No. Um, so it's a very like electronic version. Yeah, it's, it's like, like indie electro synth sounds, kind of yeah. replacing, basically just replacing parts from the original. The difference being, um, they kind of play through all the sections before they even get into the singing. Yeah, I thought it was going to be all instrumental for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then it just really feels like, I mean, it's it's more repetitive. I would say. Um, like it feels like programmed, you know, and then yeah. the vocals. It's kind of weird. The vocals are kind of weird. They're like spoken, pretty much. Yeah, are they hardcore? Is that what hardcore is? It doesn't seem. To, I mean, I thought. I mean, to me, I'm like, oh, that's hardcore. I'm thinking like hardcore punk, which is like screamy vocals. Yeah, and like heavy drums and, and stuff. Just, like when a problem comes along, you must whip it. So this is yeah, kind of like nice new wave inspired vocals. Mm-hmm. But very, I mean, they come across, I think it's fairly flat. So Ox, I think you were saying something about the, the instrumentation being short. You mean like, uh, I said it was repetitive. It kind of feels like they yeah. programmed everything once and just kind of played it and let it run again. through. Yeah. Let it run a second time. Right. Which kind of happened. Like the first, the original song is consistent. But there's something about maybe the organic nature of playing instruments. Like yeah, the drums like are much more kinetic time. than they are in this one. In this one, they're just like dunes, dunes. They're like, uh, it's just the kick drum on this, isn't it? Let me. That's a little boots and cats. Boom. Yeah, it's boom. Yeah, it's 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 less hectic feeling. Say that. Yeah, it's very where very real. Din. No, go ahead. To the point where, like, I'm when I'm like, should it be more hectic? Like, is it like, do I need to whip it? Like, you're telling me to whip it, but you don't really seem that into it. Yeah, wow. especially, like, even the tone of the synthesizers leans on, like, kind of twee and sparkly and a little bit chirpy. It's very, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't get you going. It doesn't hit you in the gut, you know? Yeah. It's kind of, I do, like, in theory, I like kind of the synth sounds, but I, I don't. I don't really like the way they did the vocals. Yeah, maybe that's of, it. Kind of flat to me. Uh, what I did think was cool, now this is the very end, the original ends on like the ascending bass, whereas this mm-hmm. one ends on the, the like descending lead part, which I don't know. Well, yeah, okay. That's cool. Um, in isolation. But yeah, I didn't think, I don't know if the rest of it, it just didn't get me going, man. I didn't want to whip it. Yeah, I was waiting for something to happen, I guess. Because like you said, it sets us up, and it's, it's like a weird instrumental space, so I'm like, okay, I'm ready to, to listen. Yeah. And then we get the voice like, well, problem comes along. Yeah, must swap out before the cream sits out too long. Um, yeah, maybe more interesting vocals is what it needed. Maybe a change up in, maybe some layering in of, like, you have access to all the synth technology these days. These days being the year 2002. Yeah. <laughs> Could have yeah. done something. So I don't know. I don't know exactly what, but it felt a little flat to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's talk about another mysterious band, Eye of the Dawn. Yeah, with basically the same thing going on like they only have two songs and they're on compilation albums this one it's two different compilation albums one that is um a devo 
Yeah, that's what this one is from. It's a Devo-inspired compilation band. And the other one is an Alice Cooper tribute. Um, so I actually listened to their cover of Only Women Bleed first. Okay, and, I listened uh, to a bit of it. Yeah, really did not like that cover. I was um, not keen on that. That said, this one I thought was better because they kind of do something very similar, but Only Women Bleed is very much like a ballad, <laughs> you know, and yeah. like rests on like the vocal performance. Mm-hmm. This, it doesn't have that. So no. it works better because of that. This- for sure. So this is Isle of Dawn, the year's 2010. Um, I think I found their Facebook page. I forgot to, I forgot to say their name before. Maybe. Hey, no sweat. Oh, yeah, I, did, I did actually say their name, then you jumped in with the things. I forgot to get the year in. Oh, okay. So they, they described themselves as a tsunami of guitars and effects this crashes is, into a solid wall of bass same, and drums. The same group. But I didn't I'm not sure either, but it says I've Dawn influences range from vintage Delta Blues to contemporary electronica. There's a blend of the arena and the dance floor in their approach. On top of it all is an original vocal and lyrical style. In concert, songs become foundations for ripping improvisation and hypnotic looping. Nothing is sacred as they construct, destroy, and rebuild their set list night after night. You never know what this band will do next. Which seemed like it could be these guys, because that's such a, like, non-description. It could be anybody. <laughs> could be anybody. It was all caps, this description. So whatever yes, it, is, it is, they're emphatic about it. Um, and they, I think they do some. They do actually switch up a fair amount. Um, yeah. For better or worse, to, at at times, like uh, they they take the rising bass out and it's just like flat and instead of like ba da ba it's just like bump 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 bump. Yeah. Um, which that's a change. Um, although because of that, it kinds of end up sounding less like a call and response. Uh, and of course, there's only one singer, so there's not like calling back and forth between two different voices. Mm-hmm. So they really take the call and response feeling out of the song, and yeah. and the bass in particular stays like more monotone. But there is kind of a bass solo later on. So and there's some interesting stuff. Like they got some like organy, like spacey organy sounds. It feels yeah. a little more like '70s because of that. Um, but also still like you know Devo like new wave and or post-punk inspired yeah and then you get the uh like other instrumental weirdness is the drums that come in during the the chorus yeah and i whip it into shape so around 44 seconds is this big hand drumming thing yes because the way they do that section is like all all percussion is that the chorus i think yeah just drum and vocals yeah which is it was kind of a cool thing to do. Like, yeah, um, it sounds it with the like it works with the sort of we called it hectic before, and I think it kind of works with that because when you're just getting like bum, ba-dum, 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 and you're like, yeah, I gotta whip it. Yeah. Um, and they uh hold on to the the like alternating half step synth and just bring that into the the next verse. Or maybe so, it's the chorus. Maybe I fucked up. Yeah. No. I don't know. No one gets away until you have this which was typically from the chorus in the original. They said, let's put it in the verses. Worked pretty well. Then, yeah, yeah after they got that, that get... real like wah thing going on in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is that really like spacey 70s rock feel to it with the mm-hmm. wah, that, uh, that sort of ambient synth. So, it's an interesting one. Honestly, yeah, I, I, I kind like... of went in not expecting much because I listened to their other cover first. But... Right, yeah, which was not good. Yeah, 
which was not good. But yeah, 50%. That's uh, that's a grade. That is a grade. Um, uh, yeah, this one's like a fit. Like a, we talked about a lot of jam bands last week. These guys would not be out of place there, I think, based that. on this version. Yeah, kind of with their sound. Yeah. Um, any other cool notes to call out here? Um, one other thing that I thought was cool, they're descending, because, you know, the they're descending part, it's it's like a harmonic on the guitar, which is just kind of a cool sound. That's all. That's my only other note. Hell yeah. Love that. You know what else I love? Christian metal. So let's talk about Love and Death in 2013. Supposedly a Christian metal band. This song doesn't come across as Christian. It does come across well, yeah, as metal. How, how could it? <laughs> it does come yeah. across as metal. This is formed by porn guitarist Brian Head Welch. Sorry, I'm, I'm interested. Corn uh, guitarist Brian Head Welch. His middle name is Head. It's a nickname, I think. Yeah. Brian Welch. Yeah, former um, corn. It could be about member, Jesus. Like you said, which was, yeah. I don't know, corn really. Um, but this is metal. Or this new metal, metal, I baby. guess. Corn is new metal? Yeah, which has metal in it. So yeah, it's metal anyway. Um, I think the the apologetics do actually have a cover of Whip It. I forget what it's called though. Oh, they do. Yeah, I I forget. The it's called called like Praise It or something, probably. Yeah, or like Whip It brackets Jesus at Easter, like something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking grim. Yeah. Um, yeah, this version is very metal though, isn't it? Yeah, it. It's kind of like this creepy, sinister thing with a lot of like just really heavy guitar. Um, it almost reminded me of like those those trailer songs, like trailer. Okay, yeah, a bit. trailer versions. It. I mean, obviously, there's no gunshot sound effect, but kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, you do get that like that synth off the to- top, like a little uh, a digitally like rough around the edges, but also very like emo, like very. Uh moody very brooding like this could yeah. have been for a, a fan cut trailer of the batman <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like it could be and then like kind of i mean the vocals are pretty intense kind of growly as well mm-hmm. so cool yeah um one thing i did like uh later on there's a part where they like kind of do a breakdown and then there's like a really heavy v- heavily filtered voice that says like i say whip it whip it good i say whip mm-hmm. it whip it and then they just like shout god god yeah it does seem like they have fun with it in their genre which i think is a key part of this mm-hmm. um the i like the chorus on this too it's very simple it's just like driving high energy um with a bit of that like that rough vocals on it but it's got like a like you could do like a maybe a more industrial metal version of this that would sound like that would sound like what the genius annotations thought the song was really about. <laughs> like about violence. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of like chugging. Maybe a bit too much chugging for mm-hmm. my face. But it's like, easy to I fall back on chugging here. That I feel like they could have made something of this. Feel like feel like they're on the right path. Yeah. The and it's maybe some of this is just too hard for me to the light of the Lord. Towards whipping it. Yeah, the light of the Lord. 
Um, so apparently there's a uh, vocals from a Matt Baird of the Arkansas hard rock band Spoken. Okay. And that's, uh, he's screaming on there. Apparently he recorded this at nine in the morning, so that's his morning voice. So that's, that's something you can hear on this audio track. That might be an important factoid for the metalheads out there. It might be. Um, this one's solid. Like, it's all... It's all It's there. all kosher. Yeah. It's all there. All the pieces work. They fit together. I don't think it's bad. It's, it's, not, as, it's not as fun as the original, though. Maybe that's my, my complaint. Yeah, there's not a lot of, like, weird stuff. It's pretty straight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a, it's like maybe it's a, it's a too competent, right? Whereas the, the original feels like it's some weirdos laying feels scrappier, strange bunch things of scrappy down. Yeah, it feels scrappier. Yeah. Um, theoretically scrappier is the next artist, Drazy Hoops in 2013. Drazy Hoops. Yeah, this guy um, doesn't seem to be very active. Uh, not anymore, no. anyway. Like, his Facebook hasn't been updated since 2014. Similar to his Twitter, although he's been retweeting for the last couple of years. Pretty much just that. Uh, his website is coming soon. <laughs> I love that. That's such a, like, early 2000s approach to website building. You can build a website in a day now. Like, you don't need to have a teaser site up. <gasps> yeah, so I don't know how long it's been a teaser site, but it's definitely not secure. It's been a long time, I think. Yeah, um, it's not but yeah, secure. I think it's just a, like one guy who goes by Drazy Hoops. Yeah, I believe that's correct. He's a Chicago-born, New York-based songwriter, and this is basically Devo blues rock. Yes, very much like blues rock. Um, so lots of that kind of like classic rock, blues rock style, because you know, distorted guitar and like lots of licks. Um. He's also, I think, doing a fairly good job of like being a little odd about his delivery, because uh, he's yeah. definitely like really close mic, and he's kind of in this like lower register with some growl in there. Yeah, I wrote it's between like old country and blues and like a Lou Reed impersonation, a bit of that yeah. talk singing, but with a little bit of like I'm from the country. <laughs> and you can definitely hear like there's points where his voice is like resonating, and he's like really playing into that. Letting mm-hmm. it do that at the right points, so that's cool. Yeah, I and it's it's like the the translation of the main riff into a blues guitar riff. It's that boom, ba down to down down. It's like oh yeah, that checks out. That's yeah, just make it make it a little more off kilter. And yeah. Uh, You kind of yeah. If you want to hear him like really having fun with the vocals around like 105, he does when a good time comes around. Yeah, so I mean that's pretty good. I think his delivery is like pretty strong because of that, um, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. He's really doing that like performance, and um, there's also some like pretty consistent backup vocals uh, that do cover some of the back and forth. So it still has that going on. Yeah, we got a female backup vocal for the mm-hmm. responses. To you get a guitar solo in there here. Is. So that is another thing that makes it feel like more of this like blues rock thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if anything, that's it's like one mark of pride and mark against it is that it's ultimately just like a pretty good blues rock song. <laughs> 
Yeah, but like, I think it's reasonably well done. Uh, yeah, I thought it was well put together. But uh, yeah, that's kind of like the extent of it. Yeah, and comparatively more fun than uh, than Love and Death. Yeah, it seemed to un- understand that, or at least decide to have a good time with it. Yeah, at least let us know that it was understanding so, that. Right on, Tracy Hoops. Right on, Tracy Hoops. Hoops. Sweet again. Speaking like of fun, we got uh, we got yours and my favorite. I don't know. I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> speaking of fun, Cecilia Noel in 2014. Yes. I have a lot of fun with this one. Right that way. Give the past a slap. Step on a crack. Break your mama's back. Um, so this is like, I guess what you would normally call like Latin style. So it's like, oh, uh, she's from Peru originally, but like lived in yeah. a lot of different places. Um, well, she has her own name for her genre, Alex. I, she does have her own name for her genre. <laughs> um, and she calls it, uh, salsa. That's right. Which, um, is a combination of salsa and soul, but apparently the genre is a combination of salsa, soul, jazz, funk, and Afro-Cuban music. Kind of tough to fit those all into one catchy name. Yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's like yeah, not enough um, vowel, uh, vowels, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, it goes pretty far in like that salsa type direction. Um, I can't comment on all the genres in terms of just this version, but... Mm. Like they do a lot of the like kind of inter interweaving rhythm things that you get in salsa music. Yeah. Um, like in, like I mean the dun, taka, 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 kind of thing, and then like yeah. the piano dun, taka, also dun, doing its thing. You get that like shaker or what that like thing you rub a stick against that ranch uh, Yes. Um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, like pretty pretty complex rhythm, and then uh, um, like lots of horns and stuff too that you would get yeah. from that like sort of Cuban style of salsa. Mm-hmm. So this is off a cover of uh, rock songs, an album of rock covers that she does. Mm-hmm. It's called Havana Rocks. I'm just seeing now that she does a cover of The Boys Are Back in Town. Oh. Which uh, which we still haven't talked about. We we haven't talked about it yet because the boys haven't been back in town yet. Oh, that's true. The boys are still away. Bring the boys back home is one we could do now, but <laughs> yeah. we'll have to wait till the boys are back in town. Um, this song, this version, yeah, lots of rhythm going on. Um, she opens by shouting for a taxi. She does, which is kind of weird because that like ties in with the music video. Um, yeah and but like the rest of the song doesn't do any more like narrative stuff yeah it's kind of funny it is yeah very confusing i don't i don't know why it happens but hey it sets up the energy you hear her say that you're like all right we're in for a good time we got the horns going very danceable version yes you got all that rhythm stuff going on um and she does also do a fair amount to like sing it in like her own way, which we talked about yes. with the last guy. Um, notably, like right off the bat, she does some uh, interesting, interesting expression in her singing. Crack that whip. Mm-hmm. She's got a bit of Shakira Muppet vocals going on. She does, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit, just at times. But I mean, that's just- true of Shakira as well. So. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, we set up this rhythm, this very like uh it's pretty throw pretty dense rhythm. And she plays on top of that. You get horns coming in and out. When we come to the uh the chorus, we really rely on that piano for the first half. Switches up to the horns in the back half. It's very dynamic, it's very energetic. Yeah. Um there's another thing I guess that kind of ties in with like the the narrative of the music video as well, but mm-hmm. um, in the chorus, it gets into like this group chant thing going mm-hmm. on, where everyone's kind of singing along. Right. Yeah, I guess that kind of oh, ties cool. in. <laughs> Move ahead. Well, I kind of Move ties ahead. In. Not that much, though. No, not that. It's yeah. The music video is strange, but um, they also I I don't know if this is a like a musical interlude, like they included another song in there. Or if it's just her chucking in some Spanish. Right. I I mean, like, I don't know what she's saying. It's all Spanish. Yeah. Uh, Apparently she says sugar at one point. I heard that. She says sugar at one point. But yeah, yeah. She had, there's a bunch of Spanish lyrics that I don't. Yeah. And it's this. So something else is going on there. Don't know. Yeah. Don't know what's going on. But that comes in too. People are going wild for it. Um, big band finish on this, as you might expect. Yeah, and then she does like a little run. Yeah, kind of at the same time. So she calls for the taxi again in the end. Yeah, it's yeah. a fun version. It's a fun version with a a video that s- seems like it was fun to shoot. Seems yeah. like everybody had fun in it. It does. <laughs> it's got like a bit of a narrative. Um, she seems to be like. Uh, she seems to work at a laun- laundry facility. Yeah, it's unclear kind. to me whether she works at the laundromat or if she always just has to wash her, she like, cl- BDSM club clothes before heading out. But they're all leather, so, like... Yeah, I guess she you wouldn't wash out at the laundromat. Out. She's looking at the clock, and she, like... Okay. You know? I, I, I thought think she... So I think she's working, and there's later on, it, like, shows scenes of her, like, eating lunch... Talking with the with other, other ones there, yeah. ...in the same... Clothes, and like doing the, the clothes press too, and all that. Yeah. So, so yeah, she's daydreaming about doing. I guess I just assumed her luggage there was full of. Yeah, you're right. She's clocking out. For some reason, I thought she just like threw a bunch of laundry into her, her thing, and no, I was incorrect. So yeah, she works at the laundromat, but she daydreams about her night gig um, as like a just like a a dancer at it. So here's the thing: is like. Everybody is kind of sexual in this, but it yeah feels more like a costume party than like an illicit sex club. Yeah, everyone's like at least a dancer of some kind, but she yeah. definitely like like puts on her dominatrix outfit and like whips things. Yeah, but it's you know a music video on YouTube, so like there's nothing like explicit going on. Yeah, I suppose so, but like also not even like implicit. Yeah, you I mean it's really all just, just dancing. dancing. <laughs> and like she touches a bodybuilder guy's chest, but like that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty and, much it. Yeah, and it's mostly it, like they're all dancers in like various outfits in various levels of undress and mostly they're all tight outfits. And yeah. there's one Devo hat guy in that's red right. leather or pleather. Um but like yeah, they're mostly just dancing and having fun and she like happens to have a whip. Mhm. And be kind of dressed as a cop sometimes. And uh, True, sometimes we get to see a, a woman getting her butt tattooed by a guy. That does happen briefly. That does happen briefly. But it's mostly dancing. And then there's like one shot of outside a nightclub. And it's fairly industrial looking. 
Oh, yeah, and she gets led in by a big, burly, shirtless guy. Yeah. But yeah, it is mostly just like a dance video. So much like the song itself, it's just like a fun time. It's just everybody's having fun here. It doesn't feel, despite wearing sexual things and things that imply sex, like it doesn't feel very sexual to me. Not overly, not more than like a dance at a club. Yeah, exactly, right? So also, do you think this one dude is oiled up, or did they just force him to dance for hours? Because he's like really sweaty, wet, like he is wet. Yeah, (laughs) maybe he just sweats a lot, or maybe it's just like studio lights. They get hot. I'm told. Yeah, they get hot, man. Lights get hot. That's the truth. They probably just have like a spray bottle. Like, hey, (laughs) you're sweaty. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you're you're sweated up. So yeah, we get them, and they're good dancers. Like (laughs) these people are skilled dancers. Um, yeah, you get shots of that. We get shots of her doing more laundromat stuff. So the loose narrative is sort of you're like, you know, by day I'm a boring person, but by night I get to to live it up. I get to whip it. Yeah. That's kind of it's kind of the idea there. Yeah, that's the uh concept. High concept stuff. Let's talk about low concept stuff with Jamaican Me Breakfast in uh the year of our Lord, 2017. <laughs> Which part of that name gives you a <laughs> uh, that idea? Um, is this song in Breakfast Club? No, I believe these guys are just a group called Jamaican Me Breakfast, and they threw club on the end to make it like a okay. So Jamaican because they do reggae stuff. Jamaican Me Breakfast because that's funny. And club because that's you know because they do don't you forget about me as the last song on this album. Okay, I don't think Whip it's in. But I'm looking at the other songs. And I'm like, I don't think Rio is in. Don't you want me? Yeah, it's it's kind of songs of the era, I guess. Breakfast club or Take on Me. Yeah. Yeah. Although, like, I haven't seen Breakfast Club, so I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, or I haven't seen all of it anyway. <laughs> seen like, and this. are they all just like? Do they all just open with one loose reference to smoking weed? <laughs> Do they? I didn't check them. I'll just check the last one to see if um, see if this song led into it, which it does. Okay. Oh, I didn't even hear him say crack that spliff. I didn't even Oh, I, come on, Alex. Crack that spliff! Boom, 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 boom. But that's right. it. The rest is played straight. Yeah. Pretty much, um, but like slow because it's it's a reggae version. Although they call themselves pop rock steady, yeah. Um, which I think rock steady's faster than this, uh, but they are from New Orleans and allegedly have ear Irie vibes. I don't know if it's pronounced sure, Irie, I ir- it. which is a Jamaican English term that means nice, good, spooky or spooky vibes. Anyway, very short. Also, it's only fifty very seconds short. long. Fifty seconds, and for what it is, I had a good time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was a good 50 seconds. Yeah. Just doing some, like, reggae stuff. They got the skank going on, the organ and the guitar. It's yeah. Good little wah guitar on the chorus, and uh, and they sing the verse a cappella. Yeah, they do hand claps for it. And, and he's got a good yeah. voice when he comes into that later. You must whip it into shit. It's, it's good. It's good. I really like this one for it being a 50-second yeah. novelty. only lasting 50 seconds. Yeah, like, it's worth your 50 Loosely about smoking seconds. weed. Absolutely. Check it out. What a knockout. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's get into our final verdicts then. All right. Uh, worst version, best version, and Jimmy Carter's favorite version. Fuck it. Let's Jimmy go for Carter. it. Alex, worst version of this. What is worst it? Worst version of this. Oh, 
The worst version of this is probably Moon Unit. It was the kind of least inspired. It's the only one that I didn't think like, yeah, I like this kind of all right. At least. Yeah. Um, It was flat um, in the lyrics, as I mentioned, or I thought so, which would be doable, especially in terms of like the often detached, like new wave sort of sound. But it ended Mm -hmm. up just feeling a little more lethargic than I think it could afford to um, without being like a reggae version that has that to back it up as well. Yeah, there is something because not only the the vocals flat. Typically, in your new wave, if the vocals are flat, the instrumentation is a little more exciting, right? Whereas versus, I feel like yeah, the, it's flat instrumentation on Moon Unit as well. So agreed. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark that one down for worst version for myself as well. Alex, yeah. what's the best version of this? What is the best version of this? Um, I liked a couple of them. I think. Yeah, you know what? I, I think I enjoyed it. was a lot of fun. Uh, Cecilia Noel. I think that's going to be my best version. That is a very fun version. Yeah. That's a good choice. Um, I'm giving it to Jamaican Me Breakfast because it's also very fun. <laughs> For similar reasons. Yeah. A lot of fun going on. Yeah, I think that's, that's ultimately what the song's about at the end of the day. And maybe, maybe Jamaican Me Breakfast has a bit of that decay that Devo would like in that. <laughs> And then they like crack a kind of that low split. effort parody. They're like, crack that spliff. And they're like, yeah, we'll do the rest of the song regular. Yeah. If this was, if the wildcard category was uh, which one Diva would like the most, it's probably that. Yeah, that, that would probably take the cake, Maybe Alex. But Death it's the, the, the wild card is Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Yeah. What's Jimmy Carter into? Uh, peanuts. Like peanuts. Yep. <laughs> Peanut farming. Um, he likes uh, building houses, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's fairly. Tell you what, he's an old fuck. He probably like the uh, the Big Daddy version. Yeah, I was thinking Big Daddy because yeah, it's it's kind of a throwback. I don't know exactly what his era was, but I feel like the older you can go, the better. Yeah, uh, probably. And it's easy enough listening that he's not gonna lose his mind. Um, but I mean, at the same time, we all know what a freak Jimmy Carter was. So I think I'm gonna have that's to right. go with Def Dames. Hell yeah! I think yes. that's gonna be. It's gonna be his one because, like, solid choice, Alex. I mean, um, that's our final verdict. Like, yeah, that's it. You got a similar opinion, different opinion? Want to talk about a version we didn't talk about? Hit us up on Twitter hashtag CoverMePod at Jake the Cressy at some Alex Wise Guy. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. You know them all. You know where we are. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us your suggestions, comments, concerns, all of that. We will be doing a suggestion episode soon. So think about that, people. Could be you. We could be taking your suggestion next. And that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, I say cover me. Cover me good. <laughs>